0: Welcome to Topple Uncaged. I'm Steve Topple, and you're locked on to the UK's hottest politics and music podcast. Each week, I bring you the rawest takes on the big stories making the news, always joined by a very special guest. Then, I pleasure your mind, body, and soul with the freshest, most banging international music going. Uncaged.
1: So much through sound, but I need a vision.
0: This week marks the 60th anniversary of the death of jazz legend Billie Holiday. She's quite personal to me as my fa- late father, a semi-professional jazz musician, sort of looked upon her as his idol almost. I grew up listening to Holiday and other jazz greats like Sat Shamo, um, Ella Fitzgerald, Sarah Vaughan, all, all the big names in jazz. Like I say, it's the 60th anniversary of her death this week. So it is very fitting that my next guest has released her EP this week as well, because for me, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my neck on the line here, um, this guest is on a par with regards to her vocal interpretation and her vocal delivery um, and the intricacy of it with greats like Billie Holiday, Edith Piaf, Amy Winehouse, all the artists whose vocal interpretation they were renowned for. She is on a par with these, trust me, um, and when you listen to her EP, you'll understand why. She was the fourth ever music guest on this podcast, and my how we've both grown since then. Um, she is back for a second time to talk about her debut EP sound bites, but also to talk about everything else she gets up to, and as I say, this stunning, stunning vocal ability that she has. I'm so thrilled to be able to welcome back onto Topple Uncaged the incredible Miri. Miri, thank you so much for coming back on again. It is lovely, lovely, lovely to speak with you more.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me back. I'm looking forward
0: to this interview. <laughs> it is my pleasure. So look, let's get straight into it. You have dropped your Sound Bites EP. Um, this show is going out on Friday, the 19th of July, and this is the day that it is properly released. I mean, it is, it's is—it's an astonishing piece of work. I, I, we'll get into the kind of the um, musical ingenuity of it later on because um, it is extremely, for, for me and for my ear, it is quite complex. Um, but as I said in the what stands out as well is your vocal prowess throughout it which we'll also talk a bit about later but overall stunning project you should be extremely Thank extremely you. extremely proud of of what you've accomplished with this um i mean how long has it taken you to get to this point where you were happy and you had tracks which you were comfortable with um and finally decided to go for it and release this ep has this been a long time in the making as it were
1: um i'd say I've, I always want to like record new stuff, but it's about having a budget for it, and that can be the challenge. So I knew I wanted to record new music and strip everything back. Um, more so than my previous recordings because I've been doing a lot of gigs, just me on keys, and it kind of just seemed to make space for my voice to be heard more um, and for my songs to be heard. And it seemed to really resonate with audiences. So for quite a while, I'd been thinking, you know, I really... I really want to capture this on a new recording, and it was thanks to doing a Kickstarter campaign um, that I think I launched that last year in November, um, and was very grateful to have exceeded my target. Um, I did a I did a crowdfunder about three years ago for another recording, and they always say your first one is is quite is quite tough, and and this second one it was just it was really emotional actually because you're sort of just doing what you do and plugging away and following your passions um and and working on causes as well that that i i, I kind of felt were were important to me to do creatively uh, musically um and then this kickstarter just took off like i think it was within about 2 days people had had pledged like a grand or something and it really sort of it really just kind of gave me a boost and affirmed to me that i'm on the right track and i've just got to keep doing what i'm doing because often when you don't have a, a team around you or you are an independent artist you've got to motivate yourself um so so basically through doing that crowdfunder it's sort of been about um keeping to timelines basically and I knew that I wanted to to finish the EP this year I knew I wanted to release it before August um and it's kind of been a real, a real challenge at times, but a real learning curve um, and definitely a stepping stone for, for future projects. So, um, so it's definitely been, been a while in, in the making in that idea of thinking, I really want to kind of do some recordings and strip them back. Um, and then the process, in fact, I think the process, I probably started recording stuff from around last August. So it's taken a good few months to then raise the money, record, finish. Um, and I've worked with some, some uh, great people on, on the EP as well. Um, a lovely guy called Simon. Wiley who also does some work for Brian Ferry he's been amazing and just sort of stepped in to help finish the production uh, mixed it there's a lovely guy called uh, Neil who uh, mastered it so I've been very blessed to work with some some amazing people on on the recording as well to to kind of understand what my vision was and to help me kind of um actually fulfill that
0: no, absolutely. And it, it, completely, it, it completely showcases your abilities perfectly. Um, and I mean, it, it, yeah, I, now I remember obviously interviewing you before that you were just, you literally hadn't long launched the, the um, sort of crowdfunding effort to to get the EP done. And I think, I think it's fascinating what you say. It, it can be very isolating. I mean, I understand that as an independent journalist. I work remotely. Um, we, we don't work in an, in an office as such. And it, it, that's an isolating process as well, especially when you're doing journalism. Yeah. Which is often quite emotive. So I imagine for a, for an artist it's it's probably tenfold. I mean, we so you had the crowdfunding, um, the fundraiser, and the EP is now here. And as I said in the introduction, it is a stunning, stunning, stunning project. Um I mean music <laughs> st- stunning. It's stunning, Miri. <laughs> <laughs> Musically, now for me, it's it's very, very intriguing. It's quite hard to pin down. You you go from elements of um, there was always sort of tinges of that post Britpop era, actually. I, I thought in some of the tracks. But what's also interesting is there's reggae influences in there. You have the bubble pattern going on, especially on um, "Somebody Save Me," which is again is is a, is a fascinating track. There's the bubble pattern going on, but it, it's very pronounced and it's almost scar-like because you have the oh. you have the key, uh, keys on the treble clef, which are doing the um, pattern on the two and the four beat. And then, as with traditional bubble pattern, you have the Keys on the bass clef, doing something winding in between them, and it, it does give that kind of scar feeling, although it's not scar at all. And you've got kind of right. almost calypso esque guitars, which then suddenly morph into more kind of rock, kind of grittier, grittier tones. Um, Sound bites is the track specifically, which I, I kind of has sort of indie post Britpop vibes about it. And as I say, it's, it's it's this wonderful hybrid of genres and styles, which as it still harks home of certain elements to me but I can't quite put my finger on it at all um but for me the the reggae elements are most interesting because as regular listeners to this podcast will know reggae and dancehall are one of my passions um, I have regular reggae guests on and this of course stood out to me straight away with bites. I mean Miri is reggae something you've always listened to and is it something that has um g- g- kind of motivated and inspired you musically because it is it, it, it's strong the influence on there for me anyway
1: um, I guess musically, I've always been drawn to lots of different styles of music, from reggae roots to um, to folk, to pop, um, and I was... I used to work at um, a charity organization in my teens called Raw Material and I did a course there and then ended up working there. One of my friends who was older than me who worked there, she introduced me to a lot of artists from like Nick Drake to Carole King to a lot of reggae reggae roots reggae and roots um artists and songs and we'd be in her car and she'd just be putting her cassettes in and 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 I, so so there was definitely sort of a seed planted from from my teens. um funnily enough I think just sort of supporting Natty um when I did Uh, I was invited to perform at the 100 Club quite a few years back now for, for the official Bob Marley birthday celebration. And I think that was the first time I saw Natty perform live. And I just loved what he did in his live performance. And and I performed at a few of his nights at, at Vibes and Pressure and would see him perform. And I definitely feel when I was writing Good Ones, there was an element of being inspired by what Natty, what Natty does, but, but still being myself. But I think it's kind of when you come across artists and they inspire you and you connect with what they're doing, um you can't help but but sort of put that into into what you're creating but but sort of make it your own
0: no, absolutely, and it's completely your stand. it's very, very interesting. You mentioned Natty um, because, yeah, now thinking about that, listening to good ones specifically, um, yeah, that you can you can hear the influences. Natty, of course, friend of this podcast, came on. My goodness, back in January. I mean, yeah, he's amazing, great, great artist. Um, just to go off script slightly, um, what would you call your style? Then I'm, I'm quite intrigued to know <laughs> because I, I, you are you're really hard to pin down. There's there's all yeah. sorts of elements going on. Well, how would you sum it up?
1: I'd probably call it soulful pop or soulful indie pop because th- there's definitely a pop element and and I've grown up listening to so much popular music. Um, but I think, again, from listening to reggae, uh, um, Motown and soul, th- there is an element of a soulful feel and, and how I sing. So, So I would say... I would say soulful, Sorry. indie pop. No, no, because this is, because it sort of changed. I used to call it I did soulful pop, but then I think putting in the indie, um, it just gives gives a different sort of understanding of what
0: it is that I do. So, yeah, I think it's, I think that's fairly spot on. Actually, I mean, as I say, there's sort of elements of reggae, but it is, um, especially on sound bites, the the backing vocal and the arrangement of of that on that track has almost it's got got a bit of a doo wop feel about it. If if you kind mm-hmm. of if you up the tempo slightly, it could it could almost sort of hark back to sort of that 70s classic period in in soul. So yeah, indie soul pop. I I think is a very very (laughs) fair description. Um, I mean, obviously, you the composition process is um, something that you, you do almost in its entirety, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. But, um, I mean, how does how does I'm always interested um, because I'm a, obviously a musician myself. How does the composition yeah. process work for you? Do you is, does it begin with an idea or an event in your life and then lyrics come in and the music is the final element that's added? How do you go about composing tracks like Good Ones? What was the. I I mean, socially and the message within it is fantastic, and yeah. we'll, we'll try and touch on that later. But how's the the composition process work for you?
1: It has to be something that that usually has happened that I feel um, like I feel powerless about, or I just feel like I need to e- express it. So it could be something it could be something within my personal life, or something that I see going on externally, um, and then I sit down. At, at the piano or keys, and I guess what I do now, I just let myself flow with it. I don't think too much. I just let I let what I need to say come out, and then I edit it after. And I knew when I was writing good ones, I needed to to just let it flow and keep it simple and again have that space within the lyric. So instead of saying lots of things, just keep the message simple. And, and I remember actually, I w- was sitting with, with a, with a glass of whiskey and, and I was going through stuff personally. I remember I, I was at my, my folks actually, and I'd been watching the news and it was, it was a time when, uh the the MPs had in Parliament had decided the majority vote um to, to bomb Syria again and I just felt I just felt so powerless and and the thought of, of more innocent lives being lost and the fact that I'm sitting there and there's nothing that I could do about it. So with that along with other personal stuff that I was going through, just sitting down and just expressing it. It's just so cathartic, and and then being able to kind of perform perform these songs to audiences and 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 share my message, and then for that to kind of connect and resonate. Like I, I know it's not going to connect and resonate with everyone, but the people who need to hear it will hear it, and that's what I feel is very beautiful and special about about being an artist and and songwriting
0: no absolutely and what you've done so masterfully as well is is each of the tracks but especially good ones and also sound bites actually um, the lyrics and, and the way you've constructed them um, it, it means it can resonate with anyone there's this sort of fascinating narrative within good ones where you do the comparison to as you say a bit people who do feel powerless and then it's juxtaposed with the commentary on those who are in power and the, mm-hmm. and the difference different between them, um, it's an it, extremely cleverly constructed track, and and it will it will resonate with anyone. That's the beauty of it. But it will also resonate with anyone. And again, I'm just I'm throwing my script away here. Um, it will also <laughs> resonate with anyone because of your vocal delivery. There's a reason I compared um, you vocally to Billie Holiday and P. F. and Winehouse. Um, because when you sort of break down sound bites as as a project and as a whole, it is. I mean, the music's fascinating. The music is um superb and the production quality is excellent the arrangements are fantastic it's your vocal which is really really impressive because you have this you have this ability um Via a recording platform to almost convey and, and, and plant the listener in some sort of North London smoky kind of jazz club where you're performing intimately to like, I don't know, 50, a handful of people. And you're almost delivering that performance to each and every one of this small group of people. And listening to your record, that's what it feels like. And that's a really hard thing to pull off, to make a record and deliver a vocal performance um, via the medium of, in today's world now, um, online streaming. To make it sound intimate and make it sound like you are talking to just that person that is listening. But you pull it off remarkably. It's it's a wonderful, wonderful achievement to do that. But moreover as well with your vocal, you you have these wonderful qualities. Which are seen in the other in the other artists that I discussed in, t- in terms of the way you deliver the lyrics and the emotion behind the lyrics. I mean, for example, you 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 use this wonderful tool where um, you switch the pitch um, sort of in the middle of in the middle of lines, sort of, and fill that gap in between the semitones almost, and, and you kind of go up and you kind of go down a bit, and it, and it adds to the not only the smoothness of the delivery from you, but it also adds to the power of the uh, the message you're delivering um you clip quite often the words at the end of that line which almost it makes it feel like you're literally thinking about what you're saying and then it just comes out of your mouth at that moment and it adds it adds a kind of suspenseful kind of okay what's she going to say next the the clipping of each each word at the end and also your syllables are very very pronounced throughout you can hear every word and the the additional the sharpness of each syllable again just adds to this momentum of the message that's building throughout the ep and the whole the whole project is some of its parts as i say, it feels like an intimate live performance but it's also so strong vocally and therefore the message that you're conveying it's it, it's truly truly remarkable you that you deserve all credit for what you've achieved Achieve. vocally with it. it it's quite it's quite something to listen to i have to say and as i say i've just thrown my script up and gone completely off track but <laughs> that, that that's my interpretation of miri as a vocalist um i mean aside from the EP, as I say, which is a stunning project. No, actually I'm going to scrub that. I do want, I want to ask you this. Sorry to put you on the spot. Um, your vocal, the way you interpret your own lyrics and your, and your performance, where has that come from? Is that just who you naturally developed as, as a performer? Is this what comes out of you, as it were? Or have there been other artists who, uh, who you've kind of almost locked onto and thought, wow, yeah, I love what he or she or they do. Um, where, where, where does Miri, the, the vocalist, where does this come from?
1: Um, I think, I think definitely it, it comes, from, comes from the core of who I am. And, and as I get older um, and experience more challenges in life, um, you know, it, it, I just kind of push further down, basically, um, which is how I, I connect to that grit. Um, but in regards to, to other artists, definitely um, for, for a long time, I, I used to listen to Coldplay a lot. And I really loved Chris Martin and how he performed. And and then again, I know there are so many reggae roots artists, but Bob Marley and the Wailers—the way that um, that Bob Marley performs and sings—there's um, definitely something that, again, that's something that inspires me. And I just I feel like the way he he sings and performs it's almost like prayer but not in a religious way he's he's really coming from his root um so so I would probably say people like Bob Marley and Chris Martin um and 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 a lot of kind of maybe soul and Motown artists although my voice doesn't sound like them it's kind of like when I listen to Motown and Soul, what what I find so so amazing about what they do is, there's if you kind of just looked at the lyrics, they're singing kind of pop songs, if you like, or or you know she left me or he left me, but the way that they make it sound with their voice, they that's the soul. They they really dig deep. So I definitely feel that there's probably been a selection of of music and artists that that I've kind of connected to and have sort of made it into to what I do. But I'm also very mindful that the the way that I speak when I sing, I don't want it to sound that different because then it's kind of like, well who who actually am I? Um, I just want my my singing to be an extension of of my my spoken word. So it's kind of taking all these, these inspirations, which, which are just very natural and organic. And, and it, and it just, it's like all these ingredients and, and it just, again, it just helps me to sort of, I guess, get to my core, but I'd say as well, just life in general, uh, life in general just inspires my voice and, um, and I think definitely from when I was in my teens to twenties to, to, to where I am now, um, my voice has definitely grown and and becomes it just it just continues to not change but just um, even now when I perform live, it's slightly different to the, the EP recording because you just continue to go through stuff in life. And um, like even uh, in the past few months, I had two bereavements of some friends who were young and things like that kind of just really put stuff in perspective and it changes, it can change us. Um, so that is naturally going to affect the way that I perform. So I just feel like all these elements play a part in in where my voice kind of where it comes from but but what is really important to me is for me to be authentic and and true to who I am and even though I'm inspired by these different ingredients these different artists to still make sure that I'm being myself and not getting carried away and being someone that I'm not and that's really important to me
0: no, i think that completely shines through on the ep i mean it, it, it's um the the explanation you gave and, and the the reasoning behind your voice and how it evolves completely um makes sense as to why you are such a strong performer and artist um vocally and interpretatively um it, it is it's it's fantastic it's a real real treasure you hold if you like and with your voice um, it, it's so impressive if you wish to have a pause in proceedings to go and get yourself some liquid or other refreshments, then do so now because Miri and myself. will be back with more chat in a few seconds. I mean you, t- you you touched on live performance there um, uh, <laughs> um, I've obviously follow you on Insta um, and I, I keep an eye <laughs> on your Instagram I have kind of one eye on it um, with all the other artists I keep an eye on and Miri um, um, the Topple, Topple's therapy um, you seem to have a slight <laughs> problem um, there seems to be some, some addictive personality behaviours going on with live performance um, b- b- because um, you're constantly bloody playing live every time I flick on my Instagram you've been here <laughs> there everywhere somewhere else um it is it would you like to talk about this is, 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 is there an well, issue here um, now
1: that you mention it let me take the space to sort of like hi my name's Mary, and
2: I'm
1: a good guy um no I mean I guess I guess I'm at I'm at a space in my career where I don't need to be strategic with my performances. Um, And for me, performances are, are kind of very much cathartic. um, But also uh, it's a, it's a way as an independent artist that I can keep getting my music out there to new fans, to new supporters. Um, It's a way to get paid as well. Um and it's actually people what's really lovely actually is it's people approaching me. Like I remember a few months ago I was looking at at my my gig diary for like June, July, August. I was like, oh, it's pretty you know, there's there's not much going on at the moment. Um and then suddenly the emails come and and, and it just yeah, it, it just happens. And I I will only say yes to something that you know, even if it's paid, I, I will only say yes to something that I generally want to do. Um, but I think, I think again, in an ideal situation, if I had the budget or the funding, I would love to take a few months to to go into the studio and have a bit more time and space to to work on my recording sound and explore. Um, and in order to do that, I do need funding. Um, and you know, I did the crowdfunder for, for this EP, for the next EP, or the next recording. Maybe I'll I'll go, you know, try uh, going for PRS or something like that. But um, if you're kind of working as a sort of more or less a full time musician, you know, the money that that comes in at this stage anyway, it I don't have that extra pot that allows me to be like right I'm going to put this into the studio I'm going to use this time to record with with a load of producers and I would love to do that. But but what one thing that's almost good about not having that kind of luxury if you like, it means when I do get in the studio or have these opportunities, I I really grasp them. I, I make the most of them. I do whatever I can and I mean with with this sound bites E P there's things that I listen back and I'm like, Oh, I could have done that vocal better Oh, I could have stripped back the drums or you know, and it's it's kind of like um it's almost just it's like oh I want to get back in the studio I want to I want to explore this more but I just sort of accept I am where I am I'm doing what I can and also with my own mental health and well-being there's only so much that I can do and we get to a point where you just need a little a bit of a helping hand kind of thing you know whether that's through Management or publishing a publishing deal, um, so I just know I'm doing as much as I can, and and also because I do think every moment is very important and it's precious that. I don't want to waste my moments and if I'm getting booked for a gig and it's something that's fun, it allows me to um, to connect with people because I do think as much as I'm a people person, sometimes I feel quite happy just to like, I'm not going out, I'm keeping myself to myself and, and going to be a recluse. So I actually think the gigging is is healthy for me (laughs) but but at the same yeah like I said if if I was in a position to to kind of have more recording time and balance that out with the performance I would definitely do that because it's just a way to be creative and at the moment gigging is a way that allows me just to keep doing what I'm doing um but obviously if i was gigging every night and i just wasn't enjoying it then i would have to i would have to book an appointment with you to have like a bit of a therapy session and 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 chat but um but yeah it's it's all where it is i guess at the moment
0: that's fine you are discharged from doctor topple's care with no further action required
1: <laughs> i totally went, went on the uh a bigger, a bigger yeah. Went round
0: the houses, I think. No, you it didn't. Really- no, I- no, 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 no. You didn't go <laughs> round the houses at all. That was a brilliant, brilliant explanation. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> yes i have no concerns over your instagram feed now at all mary thank you very much um you you touched on mental health um within the answers to that last question and i know it's an area that you do a lot of work outside of the realms of being a recording artist in especially the sort of intersections of music and mental health and how um the former can be an extremely um pertinent therapeutic tool for the latter almost i mean c- just tell me firstly a bit about um what you do do in, in in terms of intersecting music and mental health and also I, i'm interested whether you think sort of mainstream therapeutic meso- methods are almost missing a trick with um using music and performance as, as a tool to assist in sort of the the improvement of people's health and well-being but what what so what do you do because you, you what are you up to you do an awful lot regarding this don't you
1: yeah there's there's a few different things um i do uh well i i do some music mentoring for a youth charity in south london and i also um kind of am part of the pastoral care so if there's any young people that that sort of need to come in for a chat um or you know when when there's other mentors mentoring young people i make sure to just oversee everything um there's a another charity organization that uses music to promote positive mental health and I've been um doing some work for them probably I think it's been almost a year now um and they're a charity organization called Key Changes and I started off shadowing a few sessions and and what's really good about this work is um the organization's like to employ artists um they want to employ musicians and people who are kind of active in music and the music industry um and with this charity um yeah I started off shadowing some sessions and what I do now a couple of times a month is I run some they're called open mic sessions in a mental health hospital so one of the sessions is for a psychiatric intensive care unit for women Um, and that again all these experiences have really just really educated me and and shown me so much and reminded me as well the importance of music and how someone can be very irate or someone can almost be comatose and then the song that they've re- requested comes up and they grab the mic and they're dancing and it and it's a really there's there's some there's some real um magic moments um and and sometimes some really intense ones but but my motivation is when I when I do one of these sessions is I just want to make sure to do whatever I can in that moment to make that person or to contribute some small small part of that person's moment to make it okay um because what they're going through is so tough and it can happen to to anybody um like one of the other open mics is for uh, patients who are um, in the acute wards. And again, I've just experienced some amazing magic moments. I remember one person requested S Club 7 Reach, and then at the end, that was the song that I played. And then people were just getting up and dancing and people that you would thought they're not going to be into this song or like S Club 7. But in that moment, there's a little bit of happiness and a little bit of sparkle. Um, and and I would definitely say as well, this work has allowed me to understand more my own mental health. It's also helped me to grow as a performer. Um and it's kind of something that I definitely want to continue to to do. I do find, because it can be quite intense, I make sure to not do, do it necessarily like every week or a couple of times a week, because I want to make sure that I'm giving 100% in those sessions. If there's a particularly tough session, I want to make sure that that I'm, I'm together within myself, that whatever I'm going through, I'm focused. Um, and I just want to give, give the patients everything in, in that, in that time. Um, I also last year, there's an amazing organization called Girls at London. Um, and last year for their summer camp, which was working with, I think the age group, Gosh, I think it was 11 to 16. Um, I was working on the well-being team. And again, that was just that was a very sort of moving experience. I think a lot of people working on it had a moment where they cried and it's it's a it's six days and I think by the Friday after after a debrief at the end of the day I just went off and I burst out crying and it wasn't it's not crying about anything bad it's 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 the emotion it's the struggle that that some of the campers are going through or the beauty of what is actually uh of what is actually happening and what is being done and I remember speaking to one of the founders Jez um after after it it was all over and and ex- expressing my experiences and she was kind of saying it's like a different type of activism, um, which which yeah I completely agree um, and really again opened my eyes to another idea of of how how i can sort of um give back as a creative as a performer on the well-being side um and i'm going to be working again on the well-being team for their for their summer camp in end of july beginning of august so so yeah that's that's kind of what what i'm doing and then every now and again i might be sort of booked for for various panel discussions or things here and there um, but but those are the most consistent. Um, uh, bits of work around mental health and well being that that I've that I've been doing um for for a little while.
0: That's absolutely magical, and it's wonderful, wonderful work that you are doing. And um, yeah, as someone who who um, some listeners may know this, who who was sectioned many years ago, um, mm-hmm. I, I totally get the importance of music in yeah. terms of mental health, and I do, I think it's an underused underused tool in the um, armory, if you like. Um, it's for people's health and and well being. Um, and yeah. and but yeah, it's critically important. You self care as well, so. and it's very important good that you recognize that what you you also um i'm going to throw you right curveball here you also (laughs) do a lot of work around lgbtqi um plus rights um and i've seen again on your instagram um which which uh, just to make clear for listeners we we know is free of addictive tendencies um on your instagram there's you've done an (laughs) awful lot of work um for pride month um now I'm interested because there's um, for this year's Pride, specifically Pride in London, there was a lot of um, sort of commentators and also politicians actually came out and said "Mm, Pride is far too corporatised now. Um, (laughs) It's a pinkwashing and etc, etc, etc. And um, for me personally this is something I've been saying for years. that It's gone away from its original founding um, sort of during Stonewall riots um, and and the fact it was a, a political and social protest movement and it's become almost a party um, with sponsors who not only have directly or indirectly contributed to throwing millions of members of that community into poverty around the world, um, yeah. but but also quite often don't really care a jot for the rights of them either. Um, I'm interested on your thoughts on this because as I say, I see you've been you've been doing a lot for Pride Month, but yeah. you, what you've been doing is, is actually pretty pretty left field as well um, in terms of sort of queer takeovers and your performance. I mean what what are your thoughts on Pride now in 2019 as opposed to where where it sort of came from originally
1: well it's important to have it and I'm glad that 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 I have that day in London that if I want to go out and 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 celebrate or protest that that I can actually do that um so so I feel like I feel like it's important that I acknowledge that because that is, there are some places that don't have that, who don't have that. Um, But I I do feel that, I definitely feel that, yeah, I remember, I think it was on the Friday um, or maybe it was a few days before actually Pride, I was walking along Oxford Street and I saw all the flags in all the shops and it just didn't. On one hand, I think it's it's very good because it kind of opens it up to a lot of people who may not be aware of of uh, of of the LGBTQ plus community of of the flag itself. But I just remember thinking, first of all, if you're going to have the flag, you should have the updated flag, um, and also you should have the trans. Uh, the trans flag, and then I just stumbled in, stumbled across a pop up pride shop in Covent Garden, and yes, that had what what all the shops should have had. It had the trans flag, and it had the updated, um, the updated rainbow flag. So I do feel that there's a real issue here because I I look at some of these shops and I think, okay, so throughout the whole year are you supporting the lgbtq plus community if someone comes in are are all your staff um kind of are are they are they educated when it comes to pronouns and not assuming that if someone comes into your shop that you're gonna address them as a he she um are you gonna are you aware that this person could identify as they um so it, it, it obviously is like a lot of companies are doing it because it's a way to cash in. I I do, I do I did look up that there are definitely some clothing companies who um, did some pride merchandise, but, but they do actually give back to LGBTQ plus charities. So I think that's very positive and important. Um, but I think the corporations who are kind of in it more for the money, if you're gonna do that, just you need to make sure that you ha- you represent all of the community um, in your shop with your flags, and I think that you need to give a percentage or you need to have a think about how you can give something back to the LGBTQ plus community. So I guess, like to summarise, I think it's really good that it's out there. I think that's that's very positive, um, and I think it's important. And to have a celebration but but like you say pride is a protest and i've got i've got a lot of friends who are who are L, who are older lgbt uh, q plus people and some of them won't go to pride because from them they they remember marching when they were um hurled abuse and and people would throw things and for them you know that's it's not pride isn't a festival it is a protest and let's celebrate within that but let's also remember that um, that that trans trans there's so much transphobia um going on in this country um, and there's and, and there is a lot of hate crime and you know we can't just have be like, oh, well, let's just have a party and enjoy everything. It's kind of, let's at least strike a balance. Let's celebrate that we're here um, and and how far we've come and, and show gratitude to those who have gone before us. But let's, let's also protest. And you know, I, I think it was amazing. Like with UK Black Pride, that they they made a very strong stance to say we're not going to have the Home Office. I think the Home Office were meant to have a have a stall, and then they basically said no. This this can't happen. And. And yeah, there's just so much there's just so much contradiction within it, and I just think again, I, I haven't read into this, so I don't know the exact facts, but from what I'm aware, I don't think Theresa may voted um for equal marriage in in Northern Ireland. So you know it, that's that's not okay it, it's not it's it's not okay at least at least be real, at least say you know what. This is not something that I feel comfortable with or or, but don't give the impression just to get people on your side or, you know, to, to make out that you're you're for LGBTQ plus rights. And then when it comes to taking the action, you're you're basically well, you're not doing anything. So. So, yeah, that's that's my feeling towards it.
0: No, I think that's, that's fairly, fairly on the money there. And for me, it's the, the utter hypocrisy of certain organizations and especially politicians, as you quite rightly pointed out, Theresa May. Um, it, it, did very little or even somewhat no movement on um, equal marriage in Northern Ireland but it, it, it's this it's this hypocrisy from um, especially as you point out from corporations namely clothing ones who will quite happily yeah. fly, fly the um, old rainbow flag in the UK on Oxford Street and in Covent Garden as you say but in the countries and the sweatshops where their products are made they can give two tosses about LGBT yeah. rights um, effectively and it's it's this kind of social and political hypocrisy which makes me most frustrated with it this is another opportunity for a quick break if you need to use the toilet because miri and me will be back here in just a tick um i mean with You, you kind of—I mean—is there any sort of um, sort of activism and social um, social conscience work that you don't do? Because you also yeah. work in prisons, male prisons specifically, <laughs> as well, where you've been—you've been doing performances and then um, specifically around again LGBTQI plus rights, um, and then sort of question and answer sessions. I mean, just briefly, um, your yeah. work—you work within male prisons. What was your motivator for, for getting involved in that? Um, and do you need a bloody holiday?
1: <laughs> well, I'm actually going to Barcelona for my birthday in August, which I'm really excited about. <laughs> and I'm taking a few days up. Excellent.
2: Um,
1: so, so, yeah, I mean, with the prisons, with the prison work, I really have to shout out my friend, Minnie Birch. She's a musician and she's worked and also volunteered in prisons for 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 many years now and and the work she does is phenomenal um and very special and basically she wanted to put for for lgbt history month she wanted to invite me down and to organize a performance at two male prisons one being a closed prison and one uh, which was an open one um and the closed prison she actually said we made history because it it was the first time in all it in all the time it's it it been going that it never had an lgbtq plus event so she she invited me down and the idea was to to perform my songs and then one of the inmates um asked me questions um and then and then some of the other inmates asked me questions, and and we spoke about music and and what it's like being a music artist. Um, more so, but but what was very special about that particular that particular event, um, Mini got the the prisoners to to fill out feedback forms and one of the questions was would you ever want an lgbt plus event again in in the in the prison and and you know there were a few people who were like no uh, and then there was one person who I'm paraphrasing here but they they sort of basically said yes it made them feel um it made them feel uh, like at home again, so that was obviously someone who wasn't out because no one in that prison is officially out um, or out at all, and so this is someone that is or identifies as 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 either gay or bi, um, and 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 they're not able to live that they're not able to live that whilst they're in prison, but this. Um, this performance or this event just allowed them to, to kind of just, just be able to be themselves in that moment. And there was actually, we had another, another inmate who came up and he basically had said that his daughter was gay and that she would be very happy that he's attending his first ever LGBT event. Um, But through that, I just got invited by another prison, which I did a performance and a Q and a, um, just the other day, actually. So it, it, again, it, it just sort of happened. And I've known Minnie for, for quite a few years now as well. And she asked me and it just, just felt, yeah, like I, I, I kind of say yes to things that I feel I generally want to do and spend my time doing. um, yeah, so that, so that's basically how that all, all came all came about. Um, and I think the, the reality is a lot of these a lot of these inmates are gonna be are gonna be coming out into the real world at some point. And rehabilitation is really important. Um, so having events like this and and for people to be able to ask about LGBT. What it is to be LGBTQ plus or, or or anything related to that is really important because it it kind of allows you know acceptance. I mean, I I sort of in a way have a problem sometimes with that word acceptance because we shouldn't have to be accepted. We we are who we are, but but we are living in a world that 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 um that has a lot of hate um, towards the LGBTQ plus community. So love and acceptance is, is very important um, and very necessary because we're not actually doing anything wrong. Um, so, yeah, if there's something that, that I can do um, within this sort of sector, then, yeah, then, then I'm definitely up for that.
0: I think it's absolutely fantastic and everything you do as a side note or as an intersecting part of your music is is absolutely brilliant and it, it I mean it must <clears throat> It, I'm sure in some ways it's quite draining, but also very sort of fulfilling, fulfilling as well, um, to, to be able to do all of this. I mean, that, that kind of leads me into what I, what I want to talk about next, because I want to get back to, to the music and the sound bites when you listen to it, as I have said previously, as a sum of it. Its parts, while it's while it's something, uh, and it's a project which will resonate with so many people, and anyone can sit down, listen to it, and think, "Yeah, I feel like that," or "I felt like that," or "Yeah, I, I've experienced that." It, it can reach out to most people. I would say it does feel very introspective. It's not it's not just in terms of the lyrics. I mean, especially in the title track sound bites, where you where you basically sort of, and again, i'm paraphrasing, but you talk about the fact that you you have so many. Th- thoughts and and um issues in your head and you sort of get them out on music is anyone actually listening and uh, there's kind of elements of powerlessness is a theme actually that runs through the whole ep from good ones to sound bites. um and uh, while it is obviously introspective as i say it can reach out to many people i mean it it does this theme of powerlessness is throughout it and um you kind of you come away listening to it feeling that the the artist you Miri, is a person who's kind of trying to still find their place in the world amidst this this pervading sense of um powerlessness um across across society and and the notion that somehow there's only a few handful of people who are in power and who have power over the rest of us who Mm. are controlling things and it's it's kind of it's almost as if you're you're contemplating your own your own place in the world i mean is that is that a position you're still in now? Are you still trying to make sense of the 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 the, the chaos and the carnage and sort of the um, unbridled patriarchy and um, okay. classism that exists within our society? Are you are you still at that point that you were seemingly obviously at in in the recording of the EP?
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think I think as time goes on and the more that the more that sort of comes out in the news or on social media, the more I just get completely um, just very reflective on what is going on um, Is this a good thing that it's coming to the surface because a lot of a lot of this hate has obviously has obviously um, been been embedded or been within certain people so is it good that we know where we stand in order to fight it or in order to, to, to kind of be like, okay, this is what's going on. How can we, how can we change that? How can we sort of make this, um, how can we make sure that the, that the good ones sort of override, override this hate and override this injustice? Um, and yeah I mean there's so there's so much going on like even with this country with with the you know the the new prime minister and, and, and what's going on in the States. I mean, it just, it really does. It really does baffle me. It really does baffle me. But the only thing I can be sure of is that there is a lot of kindness in the world. There is, there are a lot of people, you know, like in, in that mental health hospital that I do sessions at, I mean, the the heroes are really all the staff that work there because they're, they're working there day in, day out. And it's not easy what they do. And there are so many people like that who who are doing some amazing work and they're not getting recognized for it. But they do it because, because they want to, because they want to see change. Um, and again, like with the song Good Ones, that's where the chorus comes from. It's kind of, you know what, I don't know what's going on here. I'm not sure how this is all going to end. but I can surrender, and all I can do is 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 come from a loving heart, um, because I do feel that love and kindness is is powerful in the same way that hate and anger is is very powerful. Love. Um, love and, and unity as well, people coming together. And I think a lot of the things that are happening at the moment are kind of almost created to divide us because if we're divided, then we're easier to manipulate and control. Whereas when you bring people together, um, you know, that's power. So I'm really hoping that somehow we can come together together Um, or as many people can come together as possible, unified, even if we don't agree with everything, that we can still, we can still agree on the fact that what is going on is unacceptable, and that, and that we need to, we need to fight, we need to kind of stand up to say, no, this is not okay. Um, So I guess, yeah, that's how I feel about about
0: that at the moment, yeah, and no, no, that completely comes across, especially in good ones. It is, I think, it is the standout track of the EP, and and you end with that message because there's the, the throughout the track there's your your assessment of the situation and this disparity that exists between the people who are the good ones, as you say, and who, as you say, yeah. in the track stumble, um, and then between the yeah. the ones who are who are not the good ones and who are responsible for the destruction and and the chaos that we live in, but but you it kind of it never it never strays into negativity it always there's always elements of hopefulness throughout the track and and it and you go away feeling well okay this we are in a very bad position as a as a species ultimately but yeah we can do this and we can unify as you quite rightly point out again we're not going to agree on everything but we need to unify around uh, around the issues which we can agree on and 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 implement change from there so it is yeah it's it like i say it's not it's not a negative negative it, 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 it's thoughtful and there are elements of positivity in it I mean overall, with sound bites, was that what? What you were hoping for with with the EP uh, as a project? That I mean, obviously, because it, it it tells it tells your your views and your story on numerous things, and also events that have happened to you in your life, like somebody Save me. Um, but was that your hope to create something that, while it's it, it projected your social messages out via the medium of music, it was also something that positive as well in the end? Was that what you planned for it?
1: Definitely. Um yeah definitely i think it's kind of just we need we need hope <laughs> especially I, I need hope um, and sometimes you know a song or 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 a, a speech coming from someone who's truly authentic and and coming from a you know a real heartfelt place that inspires me and that gives me hope and i think as music artists we we can do that with our music, and you know, if I can sing songs and it can connect with people in prison to people experiencing um, severe mental health illness, then then that's you know that's at least at least it's doing something because that's why I wanted to do music in the first place. You know, there's definitely the element of there's the enjoyment. Um, you know as an artist as an individual this is fun I get to express myself but it's it's an opportunity to connect to people and to sort of um, I remember when I was a kid and when I'd get down and I'd listen to artists again so many different types of artists from Beverly Knight to um, to kind of uh, Tracy Chapman and and I just remember the songs gave me reassurance they didn't make everything better because they they can't do that but they gave me reassurance and and soothed me in that moment and I would really love for my music to to be able to do that for people and again for for future projects just to keep harnessing that and to keep learning and growing and to be able to do that to that more like to do that more you can't get it all in one recording that's why it's so important to you know keep recording where possible because in the same way when I'm performing I'm continuing to grow and learn as a performer it's it's the same when you're when you're in the studio and you're kind of mastering your sound it's it's a way to you know where I am now again I've grown more from where I was when I was recording the project so now there's other things that I want to kind of okay how can I get more of this in the recording um so so yeah I I just want what I do to kind of be able to to connect and if it can give people hope or a moment of reassurance or love um, and to know that, that they're not on their own, then then that would mean that that would be job done basically for me.
0: That was a brilliant way of summing summing music up. It's probably, it's probably the best description I've ever heard. Actually, that, um, it, that as you said, when you were listening to Tracy Chapman um, and Beverly Knight, and it didn't make everything better, but it soothed you in that moment. I think yeah. it's so 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 true. Excellent description. Um, absolutely brilliant because it does. It, I, I don't think any musician would claim to have all the answers, but they no. would they would certainly hopefully be able to to project some sucker um, for for the list there and i think i think that's what you do in droves i mean you just to sort of finish up um you're taking a well-deserved holiday in barcelona um and um, um, how much more are you going to cram into 2019 Miri? what what else is in store for you apart from working across numerous projects giving something back to the community dropping an ep constantly um performing live left right and center um what else is in store for the rest of the year obviously we've had the ep what else is coming up.
1: Um well basically I'm going to be working on putting together a UK tour. So I'm working on various funding opportunities. Um it'll probably be a 5-day tour or something like that. Um and so once things have sort of calmed down, um I'll be yeah working on that to, to get that sort of I've already started sowing seeds um, and we'll sort of hopefully get that going for for next year won't say any dates because just life can be so unpredictable and there's so much going on at the moment um, but but that would that's definitely something that I would I would really love to do and and the theme so far that that I'd like to make it around is sort of reclaiming the space the spaces from music spaces to LG btq plus spaces um so i've still got to fine tune everything a bit more um but yeah that's that's all kind of that's what i'm sort of that's what's ticking over at the moment and that i'm kind of doing what i can whilst i can to start um uh, kind of manifesting that so so yeah watch this space <laughs>
0: excellent um more live performance love it love it love it brilliant um and obviously you'll be promoting the ep and continuing to do the wonderful work you do um outside and in correlation with music all the links to the organizations that Miri mentioned will be in the show notes as will the link to the ep as will the link to her her no longer problematic instagram account and twitter and facebook obviously Miri. um i mean it uh, i i'm it's such a pleasure to talk to you and as I said the EP in itself is a stunning project but I do I really do mean it and believe that you have something extremely extremely unique and and powerful with your voice and your lyrical and musical composition I would urge everyone to listen to Soundbites because it is absolutely fantastic Um, and you really are a wonderful and unique individual as well as a wonderful and unique artist Um, it's been a real pleasure to chat to you again it's been absolutely lovely um I'm sure we will catch up again in the future but for the minute Miri thank you so much for coming back on the podcast
1: thank you so much for having me and I've just yeah it's been lovely chatting with you so thank you for all your support really does yeah mean a lot
0: my absolute pleasure thank you Miri Miri is one of the most fantastic guests to interview. She's so wonderful and so eloquent, and her descriptions and uh, explanations of why she does music and why she does the additional work as a side to it are just glorious to listen to. She's absolutely fantastic, and as I repeatedly said in the interview, the Sound Bites EP is a must-listen. I'd urge you all to download it now. But here is probably the standout track from that EP and the one that we did discuss at length. It is good one. So here is Miri. With this superb good ones. Enjoy.
2: What do the good ones stumble? What do the good ones fall? What do the ones who cause destruction? For nothing at all. For nothing. What do the bread-
0: That's it. This very special episode of Top Lung Caged is done. I'd like to thank my fantastic guest, the sensational Miri. You can follow her on Twitter. It's at MiriOfficialUK. As always, by the scene, to the love of my life, the gorgeous Nicola Jeffrey. Follow her on Twitter. It's at Nicola C. Jeffrey. my man behind the booth, sounds engineer Gav Paws. Follow him on Twitter. It's at Paws with AZ Radio. And my in-house singer, it's Ray Star Music. Follow her on Twitter. It's at Ray star 113. Thank you to the Canary for Caging Me. I will see you again soon.
2: Uncaved okay.